Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, a Minsure update, Pro Football Hall of Famer and former Viking great John Randall, and the ultimate Super Bowl experience. But first, Governor Mark Dayton this week announced his choice to replace Senator Al Franken. Outstanding Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith. I will do this in my own way, using my own best judgment and experience, but always with the people of Minnesota in mind. It is up to Minnesotans to decide for themselves who they want to complete Senator Franken's term. They will make this decision in a special election next November. I will run in that election and I will do my best to earn Minnesotans support. MNN's Bill Werner joins us now to talk about the political implications. Bill, not long ago, Lieutenant Governor Smith turned down a chance to run for Minnesota governor. And now, after a set of circumstances resulted in the impending resignation of Senator Franken, Smith is jumping to the national stage, not just as a political placeholder until the next election, but with intent of winning the seat of her own accord. Absolutely correct, Scott. I think it has to do as much as anything with the fact that Smith is a woman in the public arena at a time of pervasive allegations of sexual harassment that not only likely destroyed Senator Al Franken's political career, but also played out in this week's special election for U.S. Senate in Alabama. Smith says, This is an extraordinary moment, and in moments like this, you have to ask yourself, I had to ask myself, what was the best way for me to serve? What contribution could I make? What would that look like? I had to assess that. And as I did that assessment, it became clear to me that I'm prepared to do this, I'm qualified to do this, that I have a unique role to play here. And after I realized that, it was a very, very easy decision for me to make. Sexual harassment is disrespectful to people, and it can't be tolerated. And I think it's quite interesting. I think we are in the middle of a sort of sea change in attitudes about this right now. I think in some ways this sea change is being led by young women who tell women of my generation that maybe some of the things that we put up with during our lives we shouldn't have to put up with. And that is a good thing, and it is so important that we don't slide backward, that we continue to move forward. And I can promise you that I will be working on these issues when I get to Washington, D.C. Some predict and maybe even hope for parallels between Dayton's appointment of Smith and what happened to Democrats after the death of Senator Hubert Humphrey in 1978. It fell to then-Governor Wendell Anderson to appoint a successor. Anderson resigned as governor, having an agreement with Lieutenant Governor Rudy Perpich that when Perpich became Minnesota governor, he would then appoint Anderson to the United States Senate. Voters punished them both in the next election. So is Mark Dayton the kingmaker this time? Well, uh, well queen, queen maker. <laughs> I, I'm doing what the Constitution of Minnesota instructs me to do. Uh, it's unequivocal that the governor appoints uh, someone to fill the vacancy until the next uh, general election, which will be in November of 2018. So, and as uh, Tina said, at that point, the people of Minnesota will decide, properly so, for the remainder of uh, the Senate term. So, uh, I, I'm, do I'm doing what the Constitution of Minnesota. Uh, gives me the responsibility to do. The political implications of Dayton's decision on the national scene remain to be seen. 
But the impact on state politics will be almost immediate. That's because when Franken officially resigns and Tina Smith becomes U.S. Senator, the president of the Minnesota State Senate, Michelle Fishbach from Painesville, will then become lieutenant governor. Two interesting factors here. The first is that Fishbach is a Republican and she would be serving under a Democratic governor. So will she support Dayton's policies? I seriously doubt it. But I don't know if that is what he would necessarily ask me to do. Governor Dayton has had some health problems, including a bout with prostate cancer, and if for some reason he could not serve out the rest of his term, the political implications would be enormous, with a Republican-controlled Minnesota House and Minnesota Senate, plus then a Republican, Michelle Fishbach, in the governor's office. Governor Dayton says, tongue-in-cheek, I'll do my best to uh, stay healthy so she gets to be lieutenant governor for the next 400 and some days. The second complication, and the one that will probably drive events for maybe even the next few months, is that Republicans have only a one-vote majority in the Minnesota Senate. When Fishbach becomes lieutenant governor, presumably there would be a special election for her seat. More in just a minute on why I say presumably. And based on Republican leaders' behavior, they do not want to take any risk of losing that special election because they would then lose their majority in the Minnesota State Senate. Republican leaders even offered to Dayton if he'd call a special session to elect a new Democratic president of the state Senate, who would then become the Democratic lieutenant governor. Dayton adroitly turned their offer aside. I'm not going to go pursue that, and uh, I'm well prepared uh, looking forward to working with Senator Fishbach. Spurned on that attempt, Republicans tried another. Fishbach announced she will continue to represent her Painesville area district while also serving as lieutenant governor. Because the Constitution says shall, so it's not a want, it's, it's, a, it's a constitutional duty. Democrats respond the Constitution clearly states a person cannot hold more than one office at a time. If Senator Fishbach believes she can, on February 20th, I think if she believes she can gavel the Senate to order uh, as a member of the Senate, I... I I have to believe there'll be a court challenge to that. I, I certainly would support that and likely initiate that if it didn't come from the DFL party or somebody else. Senate Democratic Minority Leader Tom Bach. Scott? Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. back to Minnesota Matters. Minnesotans who still need to shop for health coverage on the individual market have until December 20th to sign up for coverage through MNSure. MNN's Tasha Radel has more. The MNSure open enrollment deadline for January 1st coverage is this coming Wednesday, December 20th. Here to explain the process is MNSure CEO Allison O'Toole. Wanted to visit with you a little bit. I know that the Minsure open enrollment deadline is right around the corner. Um, I believe that's coming up December 20th. Is that right? That's right. We are in the final week um, before Minnesotans can, um, for Minnesotans to buy coverage that starts January 1st. So our deadline here in Minnesota is Wednesday, December 20th. Um, and we are here to help. We're going to have extended hours on our phone lines, um, and we have almost 2,000 2, assisters across the state who are ready to help. And when we talk about open enrollment, can you give us some ex examples? I understand that we can get new coverage and then also make um, changes to existing plans. Is that right? That's exactly right. So any Minnesotan on the individual market, and that means Minnesotans who don't get insurance through their employer or through Medicare 
can come to Minsure.org and see if they qualify for financial help. It's about 160,000 Minnesotans who qualify for this. It's early retirees, entrepreneurs in our community, sometimes young professionals, and who need to buy insurance on their own. So if you have been enrolled before now, um, you have been re-enrolled automatically by us in your same coverage as last year. But that doesn't mean you have to stick there. You can always make a change to that. But then it's also this open enrollment period is also for new people coming into the market. You know, someone who's um, starting a new venture, starting a new business or something like that, or who is um, in transition and uh, not working right now, uh, those folks um, can get coverage through Minsure. And I know open enrollment began on November 1st of this year. Um, How many people have enrolled so far? That's right. We have, we announced a couple weeks ago about 100,000 in medical and dental uh, enrollments, and that's great news for us. We've seen really strong activity, and of course, as we get closer to this deadline of December 20th, we are getting busier, so we appreciate everyone's patience, but give us a call. We've got extended hours. on Sunday through Wednesday, and we're, we're really ready to help and want to help as many Minnesotans as we can. And I want to talk about those federal tax credits. I, I know uh, statewide, I think the average credit I saw was about $7,200, and then you folks even broke it down even further by region. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so those tax credits, the federal tax credits are making a huge difference again um, to Minnesotans and their family budgets, really. We are the only place where Minnesotans can take advantage of those tax credits, and those tax credits are averaging over $7,000 a year. They are like instant discounts on um, health insurance costs. So it comes right off the bill. You don't have to reconcile it later on your taxes or anything. Um, But are proving to be really helpful uh, to Minnesota families right now in affording coverage. They vary a little bit across the state. I know in southeastern Minnesota, they're a little bit higher. So it really literally pays to shop. So take a few minutes, come to Minsure.org, use our um, calculator on the front page to see if you can qualify for tax credits because they really do make a difference. Well, lots of great information, Allison. Was there anything else that you wanted to hit on that maybe I didn't bring up today? Yeah, you know, just again reiterating that our enrollment deadline for January 1st coverage is December 20th. And if you don't make that, we are open. Our open enrollment continues through January 14th. That's a little bit different than the federal government, so people are going to be hearing a lot about different dates. But in Minnesota, the first deadline is December 20th, and the final deadline is January 14th. And what is the difference between those two dates? Can you make me understand that? (laughs) Yeah, so December 20th is our deadline for people to enroll in coverage that starts on January 1st. So that means people will avoid a gap in coverage if they have coverage right now, and their new coverage will begin again on January 1st. If people wait until January after December 20th and before January 14th, your coverage will start on February 1st. Thank you for clarifying that. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, again, the best place to go and get things rolling is Minsure.org, correct? Minsure.org, or give us a call at 1-855-3-MINSURE and find out if you can get some help, too. We've got help all over the state, um, free in-person assistance, uh, and brokers and navigators who are ready to help Minnesotans. 
Thanks again to my guest, Minsure CEO, Allison O'Toole. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. More Minnesota Matters after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. The Super Bowl is the big ticket in Minneapolis coming up at U.S. Bank Stadium in February, but there will be more than a week of festivities, music, and activities leading up to the main event. The Super Bowl experience, driven by Genesis, is one of the options for people who can't get enough football. I spoke with former Vikings great and Hall of Famer John Randall about the Super Bowl experience and what it means to Minnesota. You know, the, the first year, yeah, look at it, the first one was held here, uh, when the first Super Bowl was held here in Minnesota uh, in '91, uh, I mean '92 season, so the overall perspective of it now is having past and current players get out there with fans and interact, and basically have the fans see what the what the players go through on the, on a game day. So when you're out there going through this, you're going to feel all this energy to and feel the pressure of what it's like as a what a player goes through. I mean, you think about it. If you had the opportunity to have a, uh, a John Elway throw you a pass and, and, and all of a sudden dropping that pass in front of your friends, how would you feel? I mean, you know, or Steve Young to throw you a pass like what he would do with Jerry Rice. And, but you being a Jerry Rice or all of a sudden vice versa, you being a Steve Young throwing the pass to a Jerry, uh, guy like Jerry Rice who's been a part of this, or having so many former players who have been a part of this, it's such an unbelievable thing because, like I said, uh, the energy, uh, just uh, the experience of it, and, uh, you know, for myself, first, I just I did it last year, and I was a quarterback, and I just felt so just like taken back to all the pressure of uh, – being a quarterback in the National Football League. Well, it sounds like a great experience, John. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, yourself. Of course, you've been retired for some time now, and I know that you keep very busy, but I'm wondering, do you miss the game? No, I do not miss the game at all. Uh, You know, I had my 14 years of playing in the National Football League. Uh, I love playing, but at this point in my life, uh, I am such a, a happy place. I'm working for the National Football League and NFL Legends program, which has given me a chance to give back to to the brotherhood of guys who I played against and played with to try to help them, help some of the guys with the transition from playing football to being retired. Or I'm also helping guys in their personal lives to, to if I can find things, make life a lot easier for those guys, the NFL Legends program or, or the NFL Legends community has allowed me to do that. I have to ask, John, as a fan, do you root for the Vikings these days? And then I'm also curious, uh, when you have an opportunity to watch games, are you like the rest of us, sitting in your living room and yelling at the TV? I, I don't, you know, I'm, of course I'm a Vikings fan because Vikings was a team that gave me a chance to play in a National Football League. So I always root for the Vikings. But, uh, no, I don't find myself yelling at the game because being a former player, I watched the game as if I was watching it on uh, as, as, as when you watch when you practice. I always look out at, at a certain thing and I just try to focus on in on it. Like the defensive lineman, I'm watching to see who's using their hands or who's not using their hands, and observing from that, 
and just possibly keeping up with who has the most sacks in the league, or just trying to see who's who's uh, who's has a who's a young player that's up and coming. I catch myself watching that too. You know, the game has sparked a lot of controversy, especially this year in terms of political things as well as concussions always in the news and, and injuries always in the news, the roughness of the game. Uh, just with the, the recent Steeler-Bengals game, it just came up again. I'm wondering, what, what is the state of, uh, of pro football these days? Has it changed a lot since you played? It's, it's changed by, by social media, but the game is still about uh, winning the Vince Lombardi Trophy. You know, that's, I think that's the thing you look at. you got 53 players that all come together and for one goal, and that one goal is to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like, I think a little thing, it's like when a single guy versus a married guy. A married guy has a wife and kids. He pays more attention to that, but a single guy, he's more focused on himself. But at the end of the day, everyone knows that uh, we all come together to accomplish the goal of getting to the Super Bowl, and uh, that's that's a, that's a yearly job. That's from training camp on to regular season to the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. You know, people have been talking about the ratings and, and hits to the reputation that the NFL has been taking yet uh, this year. Do you do you think they need to do something to move things in a different direction at all? You know, that, that that's an interesting question, but that's a question that I leave up to the commissioner, and uh, you know. That's when they're paying the big bucks, and so uh, he, uh, Roger Goodell being a commissioner, that's that's how he, uh, that's why he's a commissioner. That's how he does it. Yeah. But for for me, uh, it, uh, I just uh, wait and see what happens. And as, as now I'm just a fan, so I just enjoy the game, and I know uh, the commissioner has the best interest hands for the game, and he's uh, trying to lead it the best way he can because at the end of the day. That's all we're hoping for, that is a game that fans can appreciate and fans from other parts of the country can also appreciate and come to love it. And a game that we all welcome in for entertainment to to take our minds off of distractions from our lives for, for three to four hours. And that's the way I see it. John, one last question. I heard you mention earlier this morning that you still get people coming up to you asking you where the face paint is. Is is that true, and, and is that annoying to you? No, it's, you know, I get people asking me about it, but, you know, that, that, was, a, that was a trademark of mine. And, uh, you know, for, for a game that I love so much, uh, it, it's, it's just become a trademark. It's kind of like a, almost kind of like a little... People say, "Where's the face paint?" Because I could be, I could be out with my family. I could be on a golf course, and someone's going, "Hey, where's the face paint?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "The same place my shoulder pads are at, at home, boxed up." But <laughs> no, it's 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 kind of funny because it's just become something that people want to keep always asking about. But I'm okay with it because if if they keep asking you that, that means that they still remember who you are and. If that's anything we all want, we always want to be remembered. Very good, John. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's nice to chat with you. We've got the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis. Tickets on sale today, and of course, that'll be taking place uh, the week before, right up uh, until the big game is played here in Minneapolis at U.S. Bank Stadium. Thanks so much for your time. Go bike! <laughs> Thank you to my guest, John Randall, and for more information on activities surrounding the big game, you can visit SuperBowl.com. More Minnesota Matters after this.
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Continuing on a theme we kicked around earlier in the show, as Super Bowl 52 draws near for Minnesota, more and more fan experience events are popping up on the calendar. Most of those activities will be undoubtedly held inside, away from the cold of February, but at least one Minnesota Super Bowl event will embrace the outdoor elements and will raise funds for a good cause to boot. Minnesota News Network Sports Director Mike Grimm sat down with Rick Gardner, the organizer of the ultimate Super Bowl experience, Minnesota style. Gardner explains to us what his fun event will be all about. Well, what we've come up with was a great way to uh, romance Minnesota during the Super Bowl. To get these big events into Minnesota, we want to show them we do more than crawl underneath an ice cube in Minnesota. So we've set up an ice fishing and snowmobile experience with NFL alumni and Hall of Famers, the likes of Carl Eller, Chuck Foreman, Ron Yeri, all these guys that played in the big day game are also going to be there to talk about it while you're fishing with them on Prior Lake. And there's a fundraising aspect to this? Yes, and the twist we put to it is we're raising money that day. We're trying to raise $52,000 in significance of Super Bowl 52 for Gillette's Children's Hospital for the Children's Miracle Network here in Minnesota. All right, so take me through, paint me a picture if you would. What's the lake going to look like on that day? What we're going to do is we're going to have people arrive, and you can show up in your Bermuda shorts and sandals if you'd like, and everything's going to be there for you to do the whole experience. We're going to have ice fishing buckets complete with licenses, jiggle sticks in your fishing poles and things of that nature, but basically you're going to be able to do ice fishing and snowmobiling, and we're going to have everything there provided for you to stay comfortable, all the warm gear, the ice houses and everything. Part of the fun that we're going to do with this as well is we're going to take the ice houses. We've got about 40 of them. We're going to script out the Roman numeral 52 in the air so that when the national publicity gets a hold of this, they're going to fly over and you're getting an aerial shot of Prior Lake with the Roman numeral 52 on it made out of ice houses. All right, timeline on this. When do people have to sign up? How can they sign up? And when is the event itself? Right now, we've tied the name the uh, Minnesota Super Lake Experience, and CMN Fundraiser is the official name if you want to Google that. Or the simple way of doing it is 52cmn.com. Go online, and you can register right there and buy your ticket. We do have limited space, so I do recommend that the spaces are going quick. Go online and get your ticket to guarantee you a spot in an ice house with one of the legends. You mentioned uh, several of those legends. Uh, what's the, what is the feedback like when you, uh, when you talk to those guys? How much are they looking forward to it? Uh, they're pretty excited about it. I mean, the other day I was talking to Chuck Foreman, and uh, like he said, the game has changed a lot, but it's a lot of fun stories that they have. I got a picture up on the website. If you go on the website, you'll notice with Carl Eller and what was the infamous Mud Bowl. Uh, these guys have some stories from playing out in the elements. They don't play in these beautiful stadiums like we have at U.S. Bank right now. They are outside in the elements, and I hope on that day we have a little snowfall and uh, fish bucket, and you're going to hear some great stories. Are they good fishermen, or are they just along for the ride, or, does it, or is it a combo? Um, actually, there's a handful of them that really are now that are retired. That's kind of the mode. Fishing is up their alley, especially living here in Minnesota. So they do enjoy fishing. Uh, a couple of people wanted to know if we had snowmobiles big enough for them, and we do. The tallest guy is 6'9", so we'll have no problem getting them on a snowmobile as well. The snowmobile, uh, will it be a track kind of set up around these ice houses? Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take the whole bay right off of Charlie's. Charlie's on Prior is the location of this. Everybody's going to shuttle in from Mystic Lake, so nobody has to park vehicles on the ice. And then we're going to set up the whole bay. is going to be like a go-kart track, as you might say, in a building, but we're doing it on the lake. It's going to be a big, nice half-mile, almost three-quarter of a mile track that you'll be able to take and have a lot of fun on those as well. And that's coming from Leo South. All right, now, is it, uh, would it be better if the Minnesota Vikings play in the big game? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. These guys are excited, but as I was talking to my guys getting this thing lined up, it's one game at a time right now. They're not even looking that way. They're old school with that, so one game at a time, and we'd love to have the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Was this your idea? How'd you come up with it? 
Yeah, I actually I work at US Bank part-time as a, an event coordinator over there and I've been sitting in on a lot of um, Super Bowl committee meetings and that came across my table as far as the main impression coming across is we want to make an experience, a memorable experience for people to come to Minnesota and know you can have a good time even though it's not 80 degrees, beaches and palm trees. So this is a way that we can romance Minnesota and show them what we do in the wintertime and there's a lot of activities to do during the day. It's a one-day event, January 31st from 10 o'clock in the morning to 4 in the afternoon so you have plenty of time to get back out for the nightlife. Very good. I do remember when the Super Bowl was here the first time, John Madden, I think they took ice fishing, and that got a lot of headlines, so I'm, I'm guessing you're hoping that your event will too. Yeah, I hope so, and uh, on the top side, Prior Lake has a lot of fish in it. I've got a lot of good fishing done there, and I could see nothing better than see Carl Eller, some of the Purple People Eater line, standing there holding a fish with these guys. I think it'd be a great day. Certainly a chance for pictures and everything else. One more time, the webpage, the date, and how people can sign up. The event is on January 31st. It's the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. It's called the Minnesota Super Lake Experience and CMN Fundraiser. The easiest way to access it is online with 52cmn.com. 52cmn.com, and I'll get you right to the website. Purchase a ticket right there, and you'll guarantee your spot. Awesome. Sounds good. Enjoy it. Thank you very much. That's Rick Gardner of the Ultimate Super Bowl Experience, Minnesota style, with m and Sports Director Mike Grimm. Again, funds raised through this January 31st event on Prior Lake will benefit the Children's Miracle Network and Gillette Children's Hospital. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this m station.